Blog Talk Radio. And Mike, Mike Carter being joined by Mike Bozich. It is our Breeders Crown Grand Opening Show. It's a two-hour special. And uh, Mike, are you with us? I sure am. How are you doing, Mike? Uh, we're doing good. How about you, sir? It's a very big night for harness racing, and uh, we've got four Breeders Crown races in the books. And coming up in just a couple of minutes on this jam-packed show, Mike Carter, jam-packed show. We are going to uh, recap the first four. Uh, but that's uh, going to come in a few minutes because, as we speak, we're five minutes away from the two-year-old Philly Trot, Mike, and uh, a field of ten. And uh, Hardy right now is the uh, three-to-two favorite. Does that surprise you a little bit? Yeah, actually a little bit. Uh, you know, Hardy definitely has been sharp over the past couple of starts. I think the betters are seeing exactly what I saw in this horse. I have this horse singled in one pick five, but I also have a couple of other horses in the other pick fives. Um but I'm not really surprised at this point. I'm seeing 9-5 to five on the Woodbine feed right now, and now actually 2-1. to one. So number four all the time is taking some money now, and that's another horse that I like. But I also like the 10 in this race. Uh, Caprice Hill, I have a question mark by. Uh, this horse finished second by four lengths, but closed home in 28-4 and four last time out. Well, you know, Mike, this is kind of uh, – you talk about the 10 Caprice Hill, and uh, this is a little bit of a bittersweet moment uh, for the Hill family owner, Tom Hill. Uh, he's got two more horses coming up in the in the two-year-old Colt Pace. But this very day, October 24th, marks the anniversary of the tragic death of Bobby Hill, which is Tom's son, who died in a car wreck, and he was only 24 years old. So a little bit of a bittersweet day for owner Tom Hill, uh, who got out of the business for a while, but they got back in with, with his uh, other son, Tom Jr., and uh, they sent 10 Caprice Hill, who's a two-to-one in the uh, – Two to one in the morning line, five to one currently on the board. I don't think that's a surprise as uh, she has to try to overcome close ten here tonight. But uh, nonetheless, she's got a big shot. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And you know, unfortunately, it's been it's been a little chalky. Uh, we've seen Southwind Frank 
uh, your horse, Pure Country, went earlier. So uh, I, I think that this race is going to be one of the first races that um, that isn't the chalkiness that we've seen the whole time. And I'll tell you what, I'd really like to see Caprice Hill uh, take this one at 72. Yeah, certainly the value is there. Obviously, she has to overcome post 10. Tim Tietrick was really careful with this horse uh, last time and uh, that elimination race, finishing second to uh, all the time. But uh, no question about it, Mike. She's going to have to be on the move early here. You know, we talk about Howdy, undefeated, obviously. She's 7 for 7, uh, and she's one of three tactic trotters in here, of course, all the time. And another horse that presents a pretty interesting price play here, Kathy Parker, who uh, is right now 12 to 1 on the board for driver Johnny Tactor. And Kathy Parker, last time Johnny Tactor drove this horse, she almost beat Broadway Donna back, uh, back uh, on Hambo Day. So she does have a lot of speed from post 7. Figure her to be in play earlier. And uh, three of the four races, speed's been good. So we'll have to see what happens. But uh, Kathy Parker's certainly 12 to 1, good price play. Definitely have to use this horse on your ticket, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Speed has been holding up. Now, they took a, quite a bit of rain just a little bit ago uh, at Woodbine. And, uh, of course, I live in Buffalo. And I heard the rain coming down here. I had my wife go out to check it. And sure enough, not as soon as I had checked it, uh, the rain started at Woodbine. Now, the track is listed as good. We've got two minutes to post here in race five. I think we've pretty much got our uh, numbers nailed down, don't we, Mike? Yeah, I think so. Two to one for all the time. Two to one, Howdy. Seven to two on Caprice Hill. I think those are definitely the three top contenders. You know, Howdy's a pretty interesting story. Uh, you know, this horse is a little bit of a late bloomer. Maybe, bloomer, maybe one of the fresher horses in this race, actually. But uh, her elimination was pretty interesting. Look how slow that uh, last quarter went. And uh, there was a couple of breakers late in that race. And, uh, you know, but you can't really put too much stock into eliminations. Um, but, uh, you know, Hottie's kind of a little bit of an interesting horse here. Two to one on the board. Looks to remain undefeated for driver Dave, uh, Dave Pelop. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mike, uh, we've taken a look at race five. Let's go backwards in time real quick uh, to race one. It was the Breeders' Crown final for open mare trotters, and D1 was absolutely dominant in this race. Uh, Classic Martine broke around the final turn. Are you surprised uh, by D1's performance at all? Oh, absolutely not. You know, uh, this horse was parked the, the first turn off that 27-1 quarter, was able to take the lead. And uh, Daylon Miracle did uh, apply some uh, mild first over pressure. But, uh, you know, when they straightened out, D1 uh, really looked good. Shake it, Carey had the, a, pop, a pocket journey, was right behind D1 the entire uh, race. But uh, D1, you know, closed in 27 to change, was able to uh, put it away. So I got now $1.2 million or roughly in career earnings. And the spoiled shake it carries a bid for her third straight Breeders' Crown win. So congratulations to the connections of D1, certainly a special horse. I'll tell you what, you know, I, I was very happy with D1's performance. I'm not a big shake it carry fan just because of the consistency factor. And I'll tell you what, shake it carry put in a, a very, very big effort. Mike, uh, race two featured the two-year-old Philly Pacers in the Breeders' Crown final. And your horse, and I know you love this horse, Pure Country. Uh Remains unbeaten 10 for 10 in 2015. Definitely was one of the uh, better races, in my opinion, as far as the chalks go, because Pure Country was passed coming around the far turn. And I'll tell you what, when Brett Miller stepped on the gas, this horse just took off again. I could not believe how how good this horse was. Yeah, she was challenged by Lions River Pride pretty late in that race, but she was able to uh, turn it up. And uh, it was the first Breeders' Crown win for driver Brett Miller. Puts her over $700,000 in career earnings. And most importantly, 
We've got what is quickly becoming one of my favorite things in the sport of harness racing. I compare it to the Heisman pose. The Brett Miller pose uh, in a big race is they cross the line. And he did it again with Pure Country, who is still undefeated. Um, Mayhem Sealster put in a pretty good race uh, as well. Uh, but Darlin on the beach broke. That was a little bit disappointing to me right. and obviously to her connections. I you know, really thought that she was going to put together a pretty good race there. Well, Mike, we got 30 seconds here until the uh, first Breeders' Crown final that we will be covering. I know we sound just a little bit rushed, but I'll tell you what, once this thing gets settled down, we've got a lot of great things coming up. 8-5 to five currently on all the time. Howdy is sitting at 5-2 to two and 9-5 to five on the 10, Caprice Hill. Those are your three favorites. We're going to send it now to Ken Middleton with the live call of Race 5. It's the Breeders' Crown final from Woodbine. Well, she's one of the fastest in the division. Take advantage of the muscle moisture tonight and get five. Five to two is the undefeated hottie, a perfect seven for seven coming in. The other factor trainee, she was a three-line winner in 59 fight in her elimination one week ago. Carter's moving in behind the starting gate. A brief bobble for Sears's Black Broadway. She made a miscue. It's a miscue. Black Broadway takes herself out with an early break in stride. Nine other freshman trotting fillies lined up set for a start for their Breeders' Crown final. Often trotting Caprice Hill shows hustle from the far outside. Leading over through the center, there goes Kathy Parker, also up in the mix of all the time from a third, fourth away woman's will. Fifth away from the inside title tempest, then it's back six to doodle all day. Seventh crossed over goes Putty. Then matched wonder, second to last, a motocross handover, and Black Broadway is far behind. Trotting Phillies into the first turn. Judges like the Farmer's side. Silver started the eight black Broadway. The opening quarter was 26 and 4. The Trotting Phillies tied the Breeders' Crown record for the opening quarter here. And putting it up with Kathy Parker, who's under attack as all the time rushes up now. And Chigron to take over the lead. All the time about to clear. Back to second. Kathy Parker sitting third at Caprice Hill. Just off the speed of Woman's Will in fourth, 15 sides of Tidal Tempest. Sixth and up on the move now. Doodle All Day gets underway. Ready to pick up that cover. Here comes Hottie. Followed by Magical Wonder. Then further back at the inside as they continue to the half is the Motocon Hanover. Half and 58. Second panel, 31 and 1. Highway robbery of second quarter in that second split as Rock steals away here. All the time got a big breather, leading it by just over a length. Kathy Parker's in the pocket spot. Third towards the rail is Caprice Hill. Now marching first over from his fourth. Big trough of turn is on the outside, advancing Dougal all day. Tidal Tempest made a break in the backfield as they come to three quarters. Chasing all the time. She's there by two lengths. Starts to stretch out the lead. Advancing on cover. High up at the fourth. Three-quarter time. 128-230-2. That third panel and into the stretch now. And all the time, Shingrock cuts her loose. And she marches away to a five-length advantage. Hottie's kicked out off cover on the outside. Now as Pomona tries to finesse her over the final into the mile. Caprice Hill finds a late seat. Now as she battles to find her spoils. As all the time has blown the field away. All the time cruises home to win the crowd final. Second best, digging in with Hottie under pressure. Caprice Hill was third and 156-2. and two. Wow. What a big, big mile by all the time. Jingroff slowed the fractions down. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, that was a uh, a big, big, big effort. Jingroff didn't move a muscle. And this always said, you Not know, it was all. a record. And it was a record, as Ken Middleton said, a record opening quarter for uh, this division for the two-year-old Philly Toronto's 26-4. and four. 
and uh, all the time was able to take the lead, get past Kathy Parker a little bit beyond that corner, and it was all she wrote. I mean, Hardy tried to come first over, uh, just could not sustain, was uh, second best. But the congratulations to uh, Packer, Jingra, all the connections. And, uh, you know, Jingra, you talk about Yannick Jingra, 10 Breeders, Cup, uh, Breeders Crown titles in the last three years. Last year's driver of the year, several live drives tonight. We all knew that Jingra was coming in with a lot of win opportunities here tonight. And uh, he uh, takes uh, takes advantage with four all the time in the two-year-old Philly truck. Yeah, man, definitely. And the one thing to note here, there is an inquiry. It does affect number eight, Black Broadway. I think this horse is going to be declared a non-starter. So if you're listening to the show and um, have played this horse, uh, you will, are definitely going to want to watch the uh, Woodbine feed as uh, they could potentially declare this horse a non-starter as Black Broadway did not appear to receive a fair start. No, that's the uh, thing about uh, Canadian racing. You know, if you don't get that fair start, you can get your uh, refund. And uh, that's uh, maybe the case here with Black Broadway. But anyway, all the time, huge effort. Uh, and uh, she walked the walk, talked the talk here tonight. And let's see what else. So, so Hottie raced, no, right. raced on for second. Uh, we believe uh, it looked like Hottie finished second from the outside. And uh, that's what I, uh, in that photograph. Oh, I'm yep. sorry. Sorry. No, that's okay. I think yeah, Howdy did finish second off that inquiry, not the inquiry, the photo, I believe. Right, and the uh, the eight horse has been declared a non-starter. So Black Broadway okay, is are. a non-starter here. Okay, so, so. all we do now is we, we await the prices, but uh, all the time drawing up. Well, that was a pretty impressive victory. I mean, like you said, we talked about the fast opening quarter and just turned it right Just turned it right on after that. Once this horse got the lead, it was all said and done. It was all over. That, that's the truth. Well, Mike, uh, while we got some time before the prices, let's uh, let's go again, rewind back to race three. It was the two-year-old Colton Gelding Trotters, uh, their Breeders' Crown final, and how good was Southwind Frank? Yeah, this was uh, all the time. This was uh, Jingron's second win, Southwind Frank. Cleared before the quarter, and that was... All, all that was, all, all that it was there. Um, a pretty slow race, actually. Pretty slow half. Pretty slow three quarters. Southland Frank really had things his own way on the front end. Felt a minor challenge from Marion Barauder, who was first over. But uh, after that, it was all over. Southland Frank. Uh, I think we could probably institute him as the uh, Hamiltonian favorite already. Do you think that's a safe statement? Oh, I, I totally agree with you there. I think Southland Frank is going to be the post-time favorite right now, anyway in the Hamiltonian, but uh, definitely, definitely a big, big horse to watch. And, of course, it's a, um, looking at the horse, and I'm, let's see, we're talking about race three. I get race four in front of me. Looks like I get the wrong program. <laughs> uh, it's it's not a tactical horse. I think that's a big thing to note. It's a Ron Burke horse instead of a uh, instead of a tactical horse with the trotters. And and that, and that duo, Mike, of Ron Burke and Yannick Shingra, uh, has been extremely hot at Paris, Philadelphia. I mean, I think they were on like a nine or ten race win streak, uh, which was snapped here uh, yesterday. But uh, once again, congratulations to Southwind Frank. As uh, harness racing is going to have a superstar here next year. Never a shaky moment for Southwind Frank. Nine hundred thousand dollars now, close to lifetime earnings. Eleven of twelve of the win column, and certainly plenty of more victories to come if Southwind Frank can stay healthy and injury free. Mike, uh, go ahead and uh, introduce race four. I'm going to screen uh, what looks to be Pete Bedhurst. 
Okay, we'll go back in time once again. The fourth race, the three-year-old Philly Pace and uh, Southwind Roulette and the show returns. They both blasted out of there for the lead with Southwind Roulette eventually uh, taking that lead, but it was quickly cleared by Better Be Stepping off a 25-a-change opening quarter. Sasa Hanover come up the challenge first over and uh, eventually took over, was challenged by Divine Caroline, and uh, Divine Caroline was able to uh, draw away. It was driver Dave Miller's second Breeders' Crown win. Earnings now close to the $800,000 mark. And uh, Divine Caroline with four straight victories in a time of 151 with Sasa Hanover finishing second. So Divine Caroline takes the cheese in the three-year-old Philly pace. All right, Mike, we got the three-year-old Philly uh, trotters coming up for race number six. And joining us now to discuss it for a couple of minutes is uh, Pete Medhurst. Pete, welcome to the show, buddy. Guys, what's happening is we just had the other night, you'll remember, of course, we made we made uh, famous here at Rosecrop last Saturday for the 371 to 1 winner, Jada Queen. Ironically, she goes off at 5 to 2 night. In the same race tonight, though, David Rerick goes off at 99 plus to 1, pays $202 to win. In the same race with Jada Queen tonight from post 8 with a big $4 in the win pool order. So we're handing out what big money again tonight at Rosecroft. You got me. Oh, my he, God. David Rerick drove a good race, though. He did. He drove a good race. Tony Morgan's horse has bet down a little bit more than you would expect. That horse finished second, but. Happy Valley uh, won three starts back wire to wire with Jonathan Roberts in the bike, and tonight she wins in 155 and four. So interesting, uh, interesting indeed. Hate to see the rain, by the way. Watching the Breeders' Crown races, hate to see the rain uh, up there at Woodbine uh, tonight. But uh, later on, I still think we're going to get to see some big stuff out of uh, the three-year-old Colts and uh, even the older ones with uh, Always Be Mickey. Can't wait to see how he comes back out of that race. Always been a big fan of the horse, but obviously the racing gods are a bit against him, it seems, uh, in this sport. But he seems to be coming back around again. Peter, uh, real quick, the three-year-old Philly Trotters are coming up. It's Mission Brief versus Wild Honey. Do, do you think, outside of those two, that this race could set up for anybody else? You know, Mike, with the rain, I would say anything is possible. You know, with Mission Brief, we have seen her do some strange things at strange times. But, you know, if those two are on their game, and the thing about it is, if you watch some of these races, Mike, you know, guys are clear to the front. Like, I tell you, Mike Jingroff, you know, clears the front, then nobody pulls. I mean, the second quarter is ultra slow. So the question here is, if this thing lines up, Mission Brief and, and Wild Honey, these two are just going to follow each other. Uh, around the track, and somebody's got to pull and make a race of it. And so far, through a lot of these crown races, we have not seen that. We've seen guys clear. We've seen guys get soft second quarters, and the race is over as long as the horse stays on stride. But, you know, this is one of those nights where you would likely see potential world record, but with the rain, it, it's likely not to happen here. But, I mean, Dave Miller's already got a couple of wins. Johnny Jingra looks like he could eventually have a, a big night here as well. So, uh, it, it's always fun to see what drivers take advantage of these opportunities and take them the big checks on nights like this. Is we've got a roll. The starter is called the field for this sixth race coming up here at Rosecroft, but we'll be listening in uh, for the rest of the shows. You guys are doing a heck of a job, not only promoting the sport, but uh, taking in one of the great events of the night, and hopefully uh, people are being entertained and informed around the country. Well, Pete, we All right, appreciate thank you very uh, much, having you on. Go ahead, he matters. You know, Mike. No, that's, no, that's all right. That's yeah. That's the voice of uh, Navy football. You know, and uh, I guess I, you know it, it, the voice of Navy football, the voice of Rosecroft, been subbing at uh, Charlestown. And I got to tell you, Mike, 
I can't, you know, I'm a little disappointed because I guess I can't take credit for having 20 to win on Jada uh, Knight that night, can I? Or Jada Queen that night. No, you can't take credit because there's only three bucks to win. Come on, Mike, you know better than that. <laughs> well, you, you want to go to our first break? Yeah, we're going to go to commercial break real quick. It's our friends of Maryland Standard Bread who are so graciously uh, uh, have and I lost my train of thought there. They are sponsoring our show. It's Post Out with Mike and Mike, presented by the Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads has also spearheaded efforts for racing under saddle events at both Rosecroft and Ocean Downs. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, presented by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. And Mike, uh, race number six is coming up next. It's the three-year-old Philly Trotters in the Breeders' Crown Final. And as we alluded to before the commercial, it's Wild Honey versus Mission Brief. Yeah, it sure is. And uh, Middleton's calling for a track record. I was reading Ken Middleton's analysis of this race, and he was calling for a track record for Mission Brief. I don't know if that uh, call has changed now with the uh, track condition, although the track does seem to be getting better. Started off, I think they started it off as good, and it is still good. But uh, it looks to be drying out a little bit. But, you know, Mission Brief, Mike, never lost back-to-back races. Uh, you know, in the Kentucky Philly Futonity, she just went a little bit too fast. And Wild Honey had the perfect trip. And Wild Honey was able to gun her down in the final steps. You know, um, she's won four consecutive races by a combined total of 28 and a half lengths. And that's pretty darn good. And, uh, you know, since getting that was since getting beat by the boys at, Big, at, at uh, the Meadowlands. So, obviously, Mission Brief's record, I think, speaks for itself. You know, 2014 Breeders' Crown Runner, Stank's record at the Meadowlands. You know, uh, she's good. I mean, she's really good. And uh, but she, she could be taken on by Wild Honey here. I think what the Wild Honey supporters are hoping for is an exact same setup as we got in the Kentucky Philly Futility. Now, it might happen. Short field, Wild Honey's got the good post. And, uh, you know, she very well could end up with the trip behind Mission Brief again. But, you know, to count on a trip, Mike is tough is a tough thing no matter how easy it may look so i'm gonna no, go I with mission agree. Brief, mike I, I i think i think mission brief is is uh going to uh avenge that challenge or avenge that uh loss from uh, wild honey last time up well this is where we disagree just a little bit but you know what i think it's the same two horses i like wild honey in this race wild honey had a splendid kentucky futurity and granted this horse was tripped out so I've got to give Mission Brief her dues. Mission Brief has done very well this season. I'm not taking anything away from her at all. Uh, the bluegrass over a good track at Lexington really uh, was sharp for Wild Honey. The two races that worry me were the elegant image, where uh, on September 11th, Wild Honey lost to uh, Muscle Baby Doll and then came back in the final and lost to Mission Brief at pretty big odds, uh, mission by five and a half lengths. So my only worry is that maybe Wild Honey is not, cannot, or doesn't like the Canadian surface too long. Now, granted, those races are a Mohawk. This is at Woodbine. Two totally different racetracks. But uh, I like Wild Honey on top. 
The other horse that's taking some play, and I think is worth noting, is the one elegant Serenity, who just missed by a neck uh, in the Ontario Sire Stakes uh, last time out on October the 10th. Racing the elegant image against Mission Brief, Muscle Baby Doll, and Wild Honey and was third. I think elegant Serenity could uh, potentially uh, at least put up a little bit of a price on the uh, exact and trifecta ticket. Well, maybe what you want to do is uh, put Elegant Serenity second behind both Mission Brief and Wild Honey uh, in your tries and hope that that horse can supply a little bit of a price. But, you know, this hit the, this horse has hit the board in 10 of 11. I mean, it was a great effort for Elegant Serenity from the 10-hole last time out. Made a terrific account of herself in the Ontario Sire Stakes all year long. And she's, you know, she's proven she could be competitive in the Grand Circuit also. Obviously, she's going to need some things to go her way. I think she's going to need Wild Honey or a mission brief to not bring their end game tonight. But uh, nonetheless, I think she's definitely a logical third choice in here. Definitely. Well, Mike, uh, that, that, I mean, unless you have anything else for race six, I think that uh, pretty much covers it. You ready to skip ahead to race number 10? I think so, Mike. Let's take a look at it. Uh, race 10 is the Open Mare Breeders' Crown Final. It's a field of pacers. Now, we will not be covering race 10 live. We're only going to be covering races five through nine. Uh, and they've been going off pretty much on time. Excuse me. They are stepping onto the racetrack four to five currently on Mission Breeze, seven to five on Wild Honey, nine to one on Elegant Serenity. Race ten is up next, and it's it's a field of nine. It was a field of ten. Scratch down to nine with number four Indra Bet being taken out. That was my top selection here, Mike. Now I'm leaning towards Venus Delight just a little bit, coming off a good qualifier in one fifty three and two. The two races in the Milton here at Mohawk look very sharp. I think Venus Delight's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, she's been off a month. Actually, uh, if you read, uh, this is one of uh, Holly's be- best bets of the night, So, oh, which wow. is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of a wide-open race the way I looked at it. And if you're looking for value on the pick four, I think uh, number nine, Venus Delight, if she goes off it a little bit too less, or if you think she's going to go off it a little bit, uh, less of an odds than you would expect, then uh, you might want to take a chance and leave her out because I think there are definitely some other horses inside of her that uh, have a big shot here. I kind of like sand between your toes. I mean, this was a nice win at Flamborough in the alimony against a pretty darn good field. I mean, the trip's obviously the key, but this horse has been racing better since getting Canadian soil, and I think she's got a great chance. You know, another horse that I think has a real solid chance is uh, Katie said. You know, she can go... On or off the post, or on or off the pace, rather. She's got a good post. You got the big money driver, John Campbell, uh, and uh, in a wide open race where I definitely believe the trip's going to make the, the uh, is going to tell the tale. I think five Katie Sed's got a pretty big shot at a good price. I certainly wouldn't take a low price on her, but uh, if you get a, you know, six, seven, eight to one in that range, I think Katie Sed has a little bit of a chance. No, I agree with you. I like Katie Sed for a second, and uh Stand between your toes. Really looked good at Flamborough the last time out. The other horse that I think needs to be highlighted is Garnett made a very good point in this race. And none of the other people that are selecting for Woodbine selected this horse is the three skipping by. And skipping by raced in the Alarage at Lexington and finished second by a neck to Colors of Virgin, coming home in 26 seconds uh, in a 150 mile. I don't think skipping by can be overlooked in this race, and I think if anybody's going to pull off an upsetter, it could be skipping by. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see. You know, this is uh, Randy Waples' 
uh, first time on this horse here. And, uh, yeah, that was a great 26 close last time, and you're, and you're certainly going to get a price. There's a couple other horses in here, too. I mean, Venus Delight and uh, Colors of Virgin, or excuse me, Colors of Virgin, and You're Going to Kiss Me or Not, are two very high-percentage winners. Now, Colors of Virgin, a little bit disappointed, uh, pointing effort in the Milton, but uh, she's got a lot of speed. She should be up close early. And, uh, you know, you've got the high-percentage winner, and you're going to kiss me or not as well, uh, even though there's some races where yeah, she's a little bit inconsistent, put it that way. But you certainly have to think that she's got a, a chance. And, of course, Venus Delight, you know, we already talked about that horse. The Milton Champ, he's a 26-3 last quarter to win that one. But here's the thing about Venus Delight. She's been off a month. And you, uh, even though the qualifier was good, you're still off a month. And that, coupled with the outside post, against a lot of tough horses inside, I think is going to make tough treading for Venus Delight here. Right. Yeah, that definitely could uh, could definitely hinder her just a little bit. Uh, Mike, coming up at 9 o'clock uh, at the top of the hour, we want everybody to know as we're talking about these races, we've got a breast cancer awareness promo that you are not going to want to miss. Uh, I'll tell you what, Mike, I listened to it a couple of times and I had to take my glasses off. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to give too much out, but I'll tell you what. The, uh, that promo is coming up at 9 o'clock, and it's uh, definitely one that uh, you don't want to miss. Yeah, it's a terrific cause. We actually had a chance to hear from some of the drivers in that race. Uh, Tabby Kinnar, who uh, won the race, Hannah Miller, uh, Mary Burkholt, uh Rachel uh, Kanioka, and, of course, yours truly. We had your stretch call, or your actually your whole race call in there. And uh, yeah. not, not very many dry eyes to the people I sampled it to. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's going to be a uh, something everybody's going to want to listen to. So we got about a minute to go here at Woodbine, and still sitting at three to five is Mission Brief. I'm not really surprised by that, obviously. And eight to five currently on Wild Honey, ten to one on the one Elegant Serenity. But somebody else taking a little bit of money here, Mike, is the sick Danielle Hall. Yeah, um, I would imagine that. If you're wagering on this race, you're going to be looking for some kind of value somewhere um, other than the two obvious Wild Honey admission brief. I think Elegant Serenity is a clear number three here. But, the, you know, I mean, Daniel Hall was right there with Elegant Serenity a couple of starts back. You know, Jody Jameson in the bike obviously knows the Woodbine surface very, very well. Uh, she does have some speed, so she can get out of there early. And uh, who knows? Uh, I'm going to stick with the two obviouses with Elegant Serenity mixed around. But uh, maybe Daniel Hall can get a piece. Yeah, I think so. we got the bridge jumpers here as well. 34,000 bet to show on Mission Brief, who is now 1-5, to five, the definitive favorite here, uh, who's taken uh, all the money. Right now there's only 8,000 in the wind pool, but that will surely jump. We I've seen it jump all night where there's been a ton of money in the wind pool. Uh, Mike, uh, real quick before we go to the gate for race six, uh, I'm going to take time out. Uh, let's thank our sponsors, our wives, everybody. Uh, we I know we haven't been around much the last couple of days, but uh, they helped us put this together as well, and uh, we uh, surely appreciate everyone who's helped us get us on board. Yep, and when we get this thing rolling, uh, of course, this is actually our first show. We've been doing test shows up until this point, and when we get this thing rolling, we're going to be on every Thursday at 7, and we have some fantastic things lined up. You know, and we still have a lot of time left. We still have an hour and a half in this show, and not only are we going to hear from the drivers that competed in the pace for the cure at Northfield Park, we also had a nice sit-down interview with Allison Conti, who is uh, in charge of the social media for the United States Trotting Association. That's going to come up in the uh, second hour as well. Very good interview, so stick around for that. Plus, we've got wall-to-wall coverage of the Breeders' Crown 
uh, right here all night long until 10 p.m. So uh, keep it locked. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. This has uh, been a heck of a show. And, Mike, I, I, I got to mention something a little funny. No tech issues. And you were on time. I can't. I can't but we're in good shape. We still have an hour and a half left, Mike. Why in the world would you say such a thing? <laughs> well, you were on time. That makes sense. My, you know, my good. Real quick, uh, Mission Breeze is looking a little bouncy on the camera. Uh, so Jingra was uh, having a little bit of trouble keeping her together, warming her up. So hopefully, I'm hoping that uh, that doesn't affect her at all. I'm watching her legs on top of the screen. She, she looks a little bouncy tonight. Go bet $2 to show on one through six. That's what I'm thinking. Well, we've got about 17 seconds to post, and the man who has been calling the action all night here at Woodbine, and he does a great job of it, is Ken Middleton. And Ken Middleton gives a lot of great uh, information before the race as well. We're going to send it live now to Ken Middleton with the live call of race six from Woodbine. Two to five for Christoffer and on her. Eight to five on the semi-new beat her. The Kentucky Philly Futurity Wild Honey. She's really come on strong late in the season for trainer Jim Factor. She had a great year last year, going 10 of 12. This year, six for 13. That's 50 and four. Lifetime best performance in her latest. Over Lexington's right mile. On the 8-4-D, sixth race to the top of the stretch. It's post time. Here they come. They're off and trotting. First one off the gate from the extreme outside. Mission Brief launched out of there by Jingrod down the inside. It's classic landing down the center. Third is Wild Honey. Floating fourth out there. Daniel Hall. Fifth inside. Elegant Serenity. Sixth back up goes steep to me. Trailing the field is I am so fancy as they move into the first turn. And on that early beat to the front side, Mission Brief. Parking up in behind his Wild Honey. Second, third toward the rail of classic landing. The quarter with 26. And two fifth seconds in the race of the night stretch. On that lead, Mission Brief. And she's pumped up a lead by two lengths. Parker takes second while Tony Sir just off the speed of classical Annie. It's two and a half lengths to Elegant Serenity from his fourth. To one back is Daniel Hall. That's 16 soft and speed to me. And I am still fancy. Trails from in seventh. Across the back stretch, half mile bound, they chase Jagrod and Mission Brief leaders by two lengths. Pocket sitting all the way has been wild, honey. Here's the half, 56 and 2. Seconds later, 30 flat. Mission Brief onto the far turn. Nearby, two lengths leads the way. Wild Honey still second, third toward the inside is classical any gap of two to elegant serenity. Then it's back to Daniel Hall, followed by Speak to Me, and still last to time, still fancy, she's the first to pull. On the way to three quarters, Mission Reef is still there, and she widens out her advantage now to three lengths. Wild Honey back in second, third to the rail is classical any, elegant serenity starting in the four and three quarters in 125. Top of the stretch, and Mission Reef is still there, she's off the side! Mission Brief self-respected on the lead for Jingar, and that leads the door wide open now. Wild Honey and Campbell, the lead ball in their laps as they come into the final eighth of a mile. Second is Classical Annie. Late speed on the far outside from Iron Soul Fancy. Wild Honey clearing each stretch by three lengths, and it's Wild Honey. Wild Honey to win the Breeders' Crown by two lengths. Second best in the center was Iron Soul Fancy rushing up for third with Speak to Me in 154 three lengths. Mike, I said it before, I'll say it again. It's hard to bet two and three year old trotters at one to nine. Did you get your show bets in? 
I did not play my show bet. Well, you know, we could have put the show on hold while you did that, and we could have win Habs. <laughs> I'll tell you, this is going to be, uh, I'll tell you, there's going to be some decent show prices here. As there was 98000 to show on Mission Brief, while there was only 7000 on Wild Honey. Well, you know, you called it, too. You said she looked a bit steppy right before the start, and uh, I thought uh, that, uh, you know, Yannick kind of put that behind her because it looked like that she was trotting very well, you know, for the first uh, three quarters of a mile, entered that stretch, went off stride. I mean, there's nothing really you could say about it, um, but Wild Honey inherits the win. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is, Mike, is when Wild Honey gets that check for this Breeders' Ground victory, it's not going to say anything about Mission Brief going off stride and self-destructing. That's for Don Chip. Well, uh, Pete Metahurst just sent me a text, and he said his words, wow. That's all he can say. He probably didn't have $2 to show on any of those horses either. Neither did I. <laughs> probably not. Oh, my goodness. So You know, there are, you know Mike, there are some people, Mike, there are some people that do that, that actually go to the races and watch for those kinds of situations. And, you know, a lot of yeah, times, well, of course, one of those they, guys sometimes. Well, not tonight. Well, you were a little, not. Mike, you were you were Mike, you were a little busy, so we'll give you a little we'll cut you a little you slack. Know, but no, really, there are people that do that and they'll go look for these kind of situations and every so once in a while they'll catch one and it'll be interesting to see what the rewards for those kind of players will be here tonight. Mike, this is gonna be huge. Eight to five on top of eighty to one, on top of fifty to one, on top of ninety nine to one. This is going to be absolutely monstrous. We'll have those prices for you in just a moment. Uh, Mike Ray 7 is up next. It's two-year-old Colton Gelding Pacers, their Breeders' Crown final. And uh, let's go ahead and get, uh, get to Ray 7, shall we? Sure. Well, the question that I have is, are we going to get another Brett Miller pose? I mean, he won his first Breeders' Crown tonight <laughs> early on with Pure Country. Gets another great opportunity here with Racing Hill. Uh, and this is a horse that has raced a lot better since going on Lasix. Is a three for three, and all three of those victories since going on Lasix have uh, been very, very easy wins, including a real nice win in the elimination. A two and a half, a two and three quarters length score on one fifty two. Obviously, the storyline here is the undefeated control of the moment, who uh, you know was coming off of a month layoff last time, and that was a pretty hard fought elimination. The source uh, took a month off of sickness and uh, was able to uh, win that elimination. Does have a dominant sub-150 mile that was in the Metro. Um, but, you know, you're, I think you're kind of banking on a lot of people, if control of the moment is too low in odds, I think a lot of people are banking on that this horse is actually going to step forward off that elimination win. If this horse doesn't, I'm thinking Racing Hill's got a real big chance to win from the inside for driver Brett Miller and trainer Tony Alanya and our man, owner Tom Hill. You know, I really like the six here, to be honest with you. Boston Red Rocks. I like the three on top control of all this. But Boston Red Rocks, I guess i got to I gotta tell Ken Middleton to be quiet while I'm on the air, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, he, he, you know what? He must be excited. He must have had $2 to show on a couple of those horses. Yeah. Uh, all right. So number six, uh, Boston Red Rocks. Uh, really close home nicely in the British Crown Elimination last time out. Closing home at 28-1, and one, two a game racing hill. Uh, that race really looks sharp. This horse does have a little bit of early speed and raced at Harris, Philadelphia, two starts back. Now, granted, this horse is third by three and a quarter lengths, uh, but close home in 26-4. and four. I think that if the closing part of this race develops, 
I think Boston Red Rocks could definitely be there. Yeah, you know, at Harris Philly, um, back of that now one is a three on the 8th of October. This one was left from the eight, got a pretty easy three-hole. And uh, they kind of lollygagged on the front end. I mean, they got the second quarter and close to 30. The first quarter was 27-2. and two. And, uh, you know, they really took off that back half. That back half, they went 55, 52 and hey, one. Mike, Mike, Wait, yes, real sir. quick, I want to interrupt you. The five I'm so sh- fancy paid $150 yep. to show. What were some of the other? What did Wild Honey pay? Wild Honey paid five twenty nine forty to show at number four. Speak to me paid eighty four sixty. So your twelve dollar okay. investment would have got you around two hundred bucks. Not too bad. Not too bad. So let's let's They're dancing in the grandstands in some at some racetrack. But That's uh, right. they, but but nonetheless, uh, yeah, we were talking about Boston Red Rocks race at uh, Harris Philly, and they just took off that last half. I mean, JT and Elwell, both nice horses, and uh, you know they uh, they just took off that last half, and uh, Boston Red Rocks just kind of went evenly close to them in twenty six and four. wasn't able to make up ground on the uh, you know the uh, race leader in the pocket sitter who just got the race their own way. But you know this is a very interesting horse. This horse was pretty good earlier in the summer. Took some time off. It's his fourth start since, and you could just see the improvement. And it was, like you said, it was a very, very good race, I thought, that second to racing hill in the elimination. And if Boston Red Rocks can up his game just a little bit with Tim Tietrick, the second time in a row on the bike. And I'm going to tell you, Mike, that is one of the most underrated angles, I think, in this sport that not a lot of people look like is when a driver has an opportunity, especially if the driver's not familiar with the horse, if he has an opportunity to drive a horse two straight times. Because, you know, right. driver and animal have to bond. I mean, they have to get to know each other. And, you know, if Tim Teacher could right the ship here and have a good, well-timed move with Boston Red Rocks, this could be an upset or 12-to-1 morning line. Could be a price play here, Mike. You could be on to something. No, definitely. And uh, for John Campbell in that last race, it was his 48th career Breeders' Crown win. So uh, congratulations going out to John Campbell there. Uh, the other horse I, I really kind of looked at here was Spider-Man Hanover, and I through this horse on my quote-unquote ticket, the top three, I think Spider-Man Hanover could produce a little bit of a price. Yeah, you know, he was a little tired. Um, he swept the lead last time in that elimination, and uh, he, you know, I think he probably went a little faster in the third quarter than he had to, and it caught up with him, and he closed home at 29. His racing hill in Boston Red Rocks were able to go on by. But, uh, you know, this is another horse, Mike, that uh, certainly could be there. I mean, has speed, you know, has the inside. Dave Miller's already had, already has two wins on the program here today. And uh, it was a nice win, 51-4 and four on uh, in, in Delaware. And uh, this horse definitely has a shot from the inside. It's going to be interesting, Mike, to see what this horse goes off. 6-1 to one on the morning line. I can't see this horse getting a little bit more play than what he deserves, however. We'll have to check it out. Definitely. Well, Mike, uh, let's go ahead to race number 11. It's the uh, Breeders' Crown final. It's the Open Trotters. And, again, we will not be covering races 10, 11, or 12 on our show uh, due to time constraints. But race 11 features a very good group of trotters, including Be a Magician, Creatine, Garral, Hanover, Resolve is in this race for trainer-driver Ocas Fonstead. And I'm going with Be a Magician. The lovely lady uh, didn't do so well in the international trot, but it was a horrible, horrible trip for her. She had to fan off cover four wide at the top of the stretch and just did not close home like I expected her to. But if you go back to the Centaur uh, race at Hoosier Park, 
she definitely looks sharp, and uh, I think being a magician is live in this field. Going to be interesting to see how many people get off the bandwagon after that sixth-place finish in the International Tron. Personally, I've got a big line through that race. I mean, first of all, it was a mile and a quarter. Second of all, she was parked the entire thing, and she did make a move. She was coming at the three-quarter. She did get within a length of the lead. And uh, by then, it was just, you know, kind of all said and done. Papagayo came up the passing lane and was able to get the job done, besting uh, Tomoko, and, uh, Cre- T- uh, Tomoko and Creatine in the stretch. Now, you've got Creatine from the outside. This horse has a lot of speed. I think this horse certainly raced very well in the international trot and uh, probably will be amongst the front goers. Resolve has really come into his own. Second place finish in the uh, Maple Leaf trot. However, Resolve is coming off a month. So I'm going to agree with you. I think there's a little bit of a chance, I'm hoping anyway, that some of the people get off the Be a Magician bandwagon and we can get the 2-to-1 and 5-to-2 and uh, others like Resolve and Creatine take that money. And if that's the case, I think think Be a Magician might be worth a pretty hefty bet here, Mike. Yeah, I've always liked Be a Magician, and she always goes off at a decent price. She's been going off as a favorite in the last few lines anyway. Uh, The Maple Leaf final, she did not go off for favorite. But she did beat Resolve and Natural Herbie. Resolve is another horse to really watch. And I've been watching Resolve over the past uh, few starts. And this horse is win, second, win, second. Does that mean tonight's going to be a win? Uh, Okus Fonstead knows what he's doing with these trotters. He had Sebastian Kay uh, last year. And granted, this horse didn't get the best trip in the Hamiltonian maturity uh, back on July the 18th, but with second by a net to J.L. Cruz, to some very good horses, and J.L. Cruz has kind of fallen off the map a little bit here. Well, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. If you look back at uh, those races in June and July, I mean, this is uh, Resolve was facing J.L. Cruz, who was at the top of the world at that particular point, and there was actually beating Father Patrick, who was back in good form as well. And, uh, you know, the second place finished to, at Pocono to E.L. Titan, who's certainly no slouch. So I think Resolve right. has rounded certainly into form. And that was a real big effort of the Maple Leaf uh, when the, in that half a length loss to be a magician. So, uh, yeah, Resolve is definitely a player. And, you know, Flannery yeah. Memory, too, is another horse from the inside. Mike, that, uh, you know, could be a bit of a long shot. Obviously, I wouldn't play this horse on top, but maybe underneath. Could be opportunistic here. Showed some speed in the Alarage last time. Got shuffled back a bit and was uh, even the rest of the way, finishing three and three quarters lengths out at 51 and one, and was uh, an outside fifth. Uh, two starts back in the Maple Leaf to be a magician and resolve. An inside trip is certainly possible here for Flanagan Memory for uh, driver Tim Teacher. Might want to include him underneath as a price. Right. The other horse I really like is uh, Creatine as well, uh, Mike. The International Trot, did, did you go back and watch this race or no, not yet? Absolutely. Watched it a couple times. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, International Trot was won by Papagayo. But I'll tell you what, Creatine put in a monster, monster effort. Had to deal with Tomoku, who is the Swedish champion, and has definitely, you know, definitely looked sharp in that race. I talked to trainer Jimmy Tactor on Little Brown Jug Day, and he said that creatine was going to be ready. Uh, Looked sharp, two starts back. It was a mile and seven sixteenths race, rated at 155 and three. Creatine is definitely a horse to watch out for. Yeah, certainly, and actually in the pick four, and I, I, and I imagine we'll give our pick four tickets out a little bit later on, but uh, that happens yep. 
to be uh, the third leg of that pick four, and I do have Be a Magician and Creatine, the two horses, and I actually left the resolve out, and I'll probably pay for it. But uh, I'm going with the mayor, and yeah, creatine, it was, a, it was a huge effort, Mike, in the international trump. There's no question about that. And uh, even if you go down to the TBG final, that first Dober effort, losing to uh, Intimidated Market Share, I thought was a real nice effort as well. So, you know, if creatine could uh, work out a trip uh, or maybe even uh, take the lead, I actually think this horse is going to be on top again. Uh, then this horse has a big shot. But uh, my, I, I'm going with... I'm going with the lady be a magician. I'm still on the bandwagon, not jumping <laughs> off the bandwagon, despite the sixth place finish in the international trot. I think that was just a tough race over a half mile. You know, had 50 horses in the race, going an odd distance. Now I'm staying with be a magician here. I can't say I blame you. I think I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, Mike, we're going to skip race number 12. Race 13, we want to let everybody know, is the 20-cent jackpot high five. And um, that race features a field of 11 now. Number 10, uh, Monte Cristo, has been scratched. Oh, I didn't give you my high five tickets, did I? Got a $557,000 carryover in this thing, so certainly you have to take a chance on it. You know, one of the horses that I've always liked, uh, you know, throughout uh, the last couple of years is the Peninsula Hotel. This is one of those horses that's kind of a lunchbox horse. And, uh, you know, it's kind of just, it's a class thing with him. And when he gets up into the mid to upper condition level events, then this horse kind of starts to struggle. And it may kind of look like this horse is in bad form, which in all, in all respects, he probably at this point of his career can't go with him. So we're getting the class drop here on the Peninsula Hotel. You're getting uh, Christopher back in the bike. Last time this horse was in this class, three starts back, finished a good second showing speed. I think speed will be the option here tonight. Was it 11-1? to 1? And will certainly offer value. And uh, that's going to be my top pick in that race, Mike, is for the Peninsula Hotel, uh, hoping to uh, get double-digit odds on this one. You know, I like the two-horse. Uh, top corner terror. Pick the up still named Philly on uh, this week for the first time as Mike Saftick is not on this horse. He's dropping down on a $25,000 optional claimer. Uh, it's facing a little bit easier company. And I'm hoping that Top Corner Terror will get a better trip this week than last time out on October 17th. Uh, but really needed a tightener uh, after being off since October the 3rd. I think Top Corner Terror's got a shot. I also like the nine in here, webcam, at 10 to 1 on the morning line. With scratch set, two starts back, but has really come back strongly, facing preferred two company at Flamborough Downs. I think that the nine webcam could potentially produce some value. Yeah, and what do you make of Karachi Hanover? Here got the class drop last time. Was met down to 70 cents on the dollar and uh, tried to make a brush, could not make the lead, and just dropped back through the field. I got to think that even though we're going out to post-state, that we're going to get a better effort here tonight, second start at this class for Karachi Hanover. We're facing some pretty tough pose uh, towards the uh, early month uh, of September and uh, later August there, so I'm thinking we can give a little bit of a uh, little bit of support to eight Karachi Hanover. But you know what? It's a wide-open race. You have two trailers in the 11 Curious Phoenix and 12 Velocity Driven. So Woodbine did everything they could in their possible power to make this one of the hardest races to handicap. And heck, with a $550,000 carryover, when you're trying to pick top five, you know, hey, that's that's what makes these carries <laughs> on, carryovers like this. But I'm going to play around for the Peninsula Pan- Hotel and eight Karachi Hanover in just a wide-open thing, Mike. It's a wide-open race. Yeah, it's definitely a wide-open affair. And I'll tell you what, I really like that they make it a wide-open race because it, it makes it a lot of fun for the betters. 
I'll tell you what, they're expecting between 2 and $3 million total in this pool by the time it's all said and done. That includes new money. So there's a lot, a lot of value in this, uh, in this race. Mike, we're coming up on race number seven. We're just three minutes away. It's the two-year-old Colt and Gelding Pacers and their Breeders' Crown final. And four to five right now on the three, control the moment. Does that surprise you much? It does a little. And like I say, it's it really looks like to me that the wagering public is hoping that Control the Moment could up his game a little bit because he really, and I don't want to say the horse struggled in his elimination by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a hard-fought elimination, a hard-fought win off of a month layoff. And you just have to ask yourself, and this was off of a sickness, and I know the qualifier was great, 26-length win in 52-1. But you just have to ask yourself, you know, was that too taxing of a mile? I mean, you like to have a nice, easy elimination, don't you? Right. I, I totally agree. And I think this was the division that me and you said was going to be one of the more uh, one of the more fun ones to watch. Well, certainly. And I really think Racing Hill, who has just been outstanding since being on Lasix from the inside, plus we have a chance to see the Brett Miller pose. He could win his second Breeders' Crown race of his career right here. Gets the inside. I'm really liking racing hell here. You know, another horse that we haven't mentioned, Mike, we might as well go and do so now, especially for underneath his American passport. You know, this 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 horse had a three-race win streak uh, snapped before the elimination. And, you know, this horse was kind of inside. Was The elimination was kind of average. Not great. Not good. Was bet down to, uh, you know, 5-1, to 9-2 in that area. And that does get a real nice post-5. Does have speed. Didn't really show speed last time. I do expect him to show speed here today. So there is a chance that this horse can get a good trip. Like I say, I don't like the horse to take the cheese, but I do like the horse to, uh, you know, to get a piece of this. Well, you know where this horse actually raced this year at one point? I'll give you Fire one away. guess. Go ahead. Buffalo Raceway. I would have to say the American answer would be Buffalo Ford. Raceway. Yeah, American Passport is a uh, race on the New York Sire Stakes circuit um, and really uh, looks sharp in the effort here at Buffalo, if I remember correctly. So American Passport definitely has progressed very strongly, uh, raced very well in the International Stallion and the Bluegrass uh, Series. Didn't do so hot in the elimination, but we said it time and time again that sometimes you just want to, you know, relax and take back. And if um, if... Scott Deron thought for a second that he was not going to win that race. Why pressure yourself? Yep, certainly. It's going to be a fun race. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of other horses, I think. I mean, Pretty Boy Hill's been right there as well. Betting line, one of the leading money earners in the field, uh, moves to the outside to join post. So, you know, there's a lot of horses in this race that we haven't even mentioned that, uh, you know, can get a piece of this. But uh, that race is coming up in just a few minutes, Mike. We just want to remind our listeners that coming up, Immediately following this race, we're going to go to timeout, and then we're going to have uh, the breast cancer awareness uh, piece where we had a chance to talk to some of the drivers that competed in the pace for the Cure at Northfield Park. That's coming up very close to the top of the hour. Immediately following that, we uh, had a little bit of a chance to sit down with Allison Conti, who uh, runs the social media for the U.S. Trotting Association, had a real good interview with her, and she's up there. She's in Canada for the uh, Breeders' Crown here tonight, and she uh, talked a little bit about the Breeders' Crown. And uh, when we come back on the flip side of that, we'll have more Breeders' Crown action coming through you. So don't go anywhere. we still have got 
little over an hour here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. It's actually our initial show. Uh, we had some test shows running up into this. It, uh, we got all the kinks worked out, hopefully. And, uh, you know, we're full steam ahead from here. But anyway, join us at the top of the hour. The breast cancer awareness uh, segment uh, was certainly a good one, so you're not going to want to miss it, as well as the Allison Conti interview. That's coming up at the top of the hour. Yeah, you're definitely not going to want to miss those. It's, uh, it's going to be one of those things you will never, ever forget. They're taking a little bit of an extra time here at Woodbine. Uh, this is the first race I've seen take a little bit longer to go off. I'm not exactly sure what the delay is, uh, but the horses are circling behind the starting gate. Four to five currently on control the moment who uh, is the pick three favorite as well, the pick three paying $11. And the bridge jumper is not getting on to control the moment uh, in this race, Mike. Uh, only 2400 to show here, but 12142 that's a win. And th- this is a wide-open event, in my opinion, as far as betting is concerned. I just I can't see playing a horse at 4-5. Well, you know, the bridge jumpers are, you know, they got their feelings hurt last race. So, you know, they have to uh, rethink their strategies and look for a little bit of a of a better spot. But, uh, you know, control the moment is undefeated. You know, we're trying to come up with ways to beat this horse. I mean, you know, you can't argue with paper. He's eight for eight. Um, but uh, like I say, if there's low, low odds, and with the way Racing Hill's been racing, and you've got a couple of horses in this race that could potentially be sitting on big efforts, including the likes of Boston Red Rocks, you know, it makes control the moment. I mean, if you're a gambler, it makes control the moment, not uh, a little bit of a shanky wager, if you ask me. Right. Well, Ken Middleton is uh, talking as they're getting ready to go behind the gate. We're about nine seconds away, according to their television. It's the two-year-old Colton Gelder Pacers. Three of five currently on control the moment. Let's send it to Ken Middleton with the live call of race seven from Woodbine. That Techner under his belt will see if control the moment can run the table. Here is he gets set to take on nine other foes in this Raiders Crown Final. Last week's other elimination winner, he's no slouch. Racing Hill is name. He's 2-1 right now. And he's been a different horse since added to the Lexix program for trainer Tony Alanya and company. They're on the game for the seventh at Woodbine, the Breeders' Crown Final, two-year-old Colton Gelding Peace. It's close to They're off and pacing, firing out of their top show from the extreme outside. Joined in the center by American Passport, joining them at betting line from the outside. And at the railway fourth, it's racing hill control. The moment will survey the situation. 50 inside, and it's back to Spider-Man Hanover. And his flank outside goes to Dustin Blue Chip. And it's Boston Red Rocks, followed by Big Top Hanover. And Kurt Boy Hill will trail the field as they sit by the corner pole. Powerhead in charge. The team has got tempo center through a wicked fast first quarter here as he gets up in 25 and 3. Parked in pressing on the outside to his batting line. Back into the pocket spot for the third American passport and the rookies winning tour across the backstretch. On the outside, batting line. He pushed hard to make the cross. Back in the second down, the inside goes long shot time show. Up with them for the third American passport. Fourth inside, their tracks, Rickson Hill, American passport got doubled up. Zero on right line, Jim. 53 and 2, the opening half. And they head towards the final turn. Record setting panel thrown down here as they track into the far turn. American passport blew up at the first over bit. He's on start going into the turn. So Racing Hill is first over and control the moment pass. Who's cover on the outside from the third? As that after betting line to three quarters, Racing Hill gets a first crack at him. Control the moment the puzzle pulled. He's ready to make a three wide bid from the third three quarters. One twenty two and two and they spin home. Still there with the leader's betting line. Racing Hill on 
six wide for the drive. Then Waples hits his accelerator as they come to the 7-8th pole. Betting line at the inside, dead game. Racing Hill in the center. Far outside control the moment, and from way back, it's Boston Red Rocks on the far outside over the Green Monster. Here's Boston Red Rocks closing up to get it all. It's Boston Red Rocks with an amazing come from behind score and upset fashion as he stops the clock in 151 of three. All right. All right. Would you have $2 to show on this one? I should have, but I'll tell you what, man. What an awesome, awesome race. And what a great call. Over the green yeah, monster. It was. Middleton's Definitely. been working on that one for about he's been working on that one for about two months. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, Mike, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then we're gonna go right into our breast cancer awareness promo. And um it's uh, it's definitely one not to miss. We're going to take a quick commercial break. This is Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads has also spearheaded efforts for racing under saddle events at both Rosecroft and Ocean Downs. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Nearly one in eight women is still diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. Uh, A total of one woman every three minutes. And we know we're not finished when 40,000 women a year still die from this disease. That's one woman every 13 minutes. Hello, my name is Hannah Miller. I drove for the Peace for the Cure at North Oak Park. This past year, I had a friend that was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she was the first person that was actually close to me that was diagnosed. And she's doing well, but uh, when I heard from Northfield they were having this race, I immediately jumped at the chance to race uh, for this great cause and drive horses with other females, which is not something I get to do very often. So that was especially exciting. Hello, my name is Tabitha Knarr, and I drove in the Pace Beer Cure at North Hill Park. You know, with all the negative that we have going on in the world, I think it's really good for everybody, including females, just everybody in general, to do something positive and something that they truly believe in. And racing or competing in a race like this gives us a chance to show everybody that we do have a heart and we do care about people. Hello, my name is Rachel Kanioka, and I drove in the Pace of the Cure at Northfield Park. To compete in a race for breast cancer, you know, that goes to charity and everything like that, means a lot to me. My grandma actually had breast cancer. I mean, she she beat it and everything like that, but she still had it. I mean, it affected my family and everything like that. And I've known some friends that also have had it. It's nice to see organizations, you know, doing Pink Out Month. Uh, you know, it means really a lot to me to compete in this race. I've done it at other racetracks, but also for finally to have Northfield Park do it from my hometown. I mean, it really means a lot to me that we're taking, you know, things from outside and putting it in with us so people know about breast cancer and that we support it also. Hello, my name is Mary Burkle. It meant a lot to me because my 
uh, high school friend, Beverly Sullivan, died from this disease in 2008. She's the daughter of trainer and uh, driver Russell Baldwin. And uh, I also have friends, Mrs. Williams and Dawn, who actually took care of 43 for me in Northfield Park, who are survivors of this disease. And um, it meant a lot to me because it brought a more, more awareness to the racing community and the world in general about how aggressive and how early detection means so much to survival rate. Um, and I sat in that salty seat for those people, not for myself. And I really appreciated the opportunity to drive in this race. And it meant more than just a race to me. It was a race for the cure. Michael Carter here, the tracking up here at Buffalo Raceway and co-host of Post Time with Mike and Mike. I announced the race for the cure at Northfield Park this past Friday. It, mean, it meant a lot to me because my wife found a lump on her breast not long ago. The doctors found out that it was benign. However, it raised our awareness to the disease of breast cancer more and more. It means a lot to me because I see so many people suffering from the disease and to see the support that people bring to help find a cure is definitely inspirational. You beat cancer by how you live, why you live, and in the manner in which you Time well will 
sit the pocket in second. Gapping from in third is boxcar. Janie Weller looking behind her, and he's a star cruiser. And Rachel Kanioka now begin to move first over through a half of 55 and 1. They make their way around the turn, and it is Dragon Spike and Tabitha Kanar with the lead. Stephanie Huebner in time well, continuing gapping pocket in second. Here comes he's a star cruiser rolling up on the outside now in third. Then comes Boxcar from in fourth. Hannah Miller still has work to do with I Will Do What I Do. As they pace up the back stretch, it's Dragon Spike with the lead by six legs. Racing in second as he's a star cruiser. Then comes Time Well, three wide for Hannah Miller, and I Will Do What I Do. Three quarters, 124 and one. Around the turn they go, and Dragon Spike has the lead. The lead is four. Over, he's a star cruiser in second. Here comes I Will Do What I Do, and Hannah Miller's on the move on the outside. They've got an eighth of a mile left to go, and on top of the field is Dragon Spike. Dragon Spike has the lead by a diminishing three legs. Here comes I Will Do What I Do on the outside. I Will Do What I Do, and Dragon Spike down to the finish. Dragon Spike wins the pace for the cure. I Will Do What I Do second. A photo for show, 155. The game will never be over. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. And as we get close to concluding Breast Cancer Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We've got Race 8 coming up, the Breeders' Crown Final for three-year-old Colton Gelding Trotters. And who else would the heavy favorite be? Mike Carter, but Pinkman. Three to five yeah. on the inside. Yannick Shingra drives. Mike, that was a great job calling that race. Um, uh, I'm not even so sure what else to say. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it was a lot of fun calling the race and having that moment with those guys that... Uh, what better to have Pinkman coming up here uh, in this race? All right, let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, we're going to have Allison Conti uh, on the show here, Mike, and she's the uh, social media guru for the U.S. Trotting Association. She had a chance to talk to us about some of the races coming up a little bit later on on the Breeders' Crown, plus some of the things that the USDA is doing uh, to promote the sport as far as social media is concerned. She also talked about her show, Morning Line, uh, which you can find at ustronic.com, as well as the Harness Racing Fan Zone. She'll give you all the particulars here in just a few minutes. But, uh, Mike, let's backtrack a little bit to race seven. Boston Red Rocks upsetting, coming over the Green Monsters, my man Ken Middleton said. And you've got the prices. Why don't you, why don't you fill us in on the prices, Mike? Yeah, the, the six Boston Red Rocks paid thirty-eight ninety to win, fifteen ninety to place, eleven twenty to show. Exactor for a buck returned two twenty three sixty five. The dollar try uh, paid three thousand seven hundred one dollars. The dollar superfecta. Now I'm gonna put this, give you the price, but I'm also gonna give you the price at a twenty cent investment. Okay. Okay. So well, don't talk. give me the price. Just, listen, don't give me the price. Just give me the damn money. Heck with the price. Just give yeah, me the right. money. That's that's right. The price it paid seventy three thousand five hundred eighty seven dollars for a one dollar oh, no. super. For twenty cents, it was fourteen thousand seven hundred seventeen dollars and forty cents. 
Okay, well, you know what? In all fairness, Mike, they went fast there. I mean, betting line, we mentioned right before the race went off, uh, really showed a lot of speed from the outside. Racing Hill was up the challenge first over. Control of the moment was right there, Pern second over. And uh, Boston Red Rocks came out wide. Now, American Passport made a break first over, which played into the dynamics of, dynamic of the thing as well. But uh, hats off to Boston Red Rocks. We thought this horse was sitting in a, on a top effort. And uh, I believe this was Sam McKee's top pick. Sam McKee did a little bit of an article uh, in the uh, Woodbine program. I, I'm not for sure, but I think this was his top pick. So hats off to uh, Sam McKee in that race. But moving on, race eight, Mike Pinkman uh, going to be the heavy favorite. Uh, is there anybody here that can upend him, you think? You know, th- this race is, you know, I-, I hate to take a horse at one to nine. It just it drives me nuts when this happens, but unfortunately, Pinkman is the best horse in the field. He got a beautiful trip in the Kentucky Futurity, and uh, I'll tell you, the only horse that I can see even coming close would maybe be Uncle Lasse, who didn't race that well in the Kentucky Futurity after breaking stride just after, but did finish second to uh, Muscle Diamond in the in the division of the Bluegrass. Now. Uncle S.A. came up for a division of the uh, of the Canadian Trotting Classic and won by a head in his elimination, but was third to Pinkman and Crazy Wow, and Crazy Wow is not here in race eight. No, some of the other horses in this race uh, that we talked about, Mike, uh, you know the bank. I mean, this guy just keeps showing up, and I think he's going to win a big one one of these races. Uh, you definitely can expect better than what he showed uh, last time in the uh, Kentucky Fraternity. I mean, race six, 13 lengths out, took off like a cannon from the start, and uh, really tired towards the end. Dave Miller back in the bike here tonight. Um, you know, and uh, if you look at some of the uh, some of the previous efforts for the bank, um, you know, he, he was, uh, like you said, just like you said, second to cra- uh, Crazy Wow, uh, real good finish from post-10, three starts back to Pinkman. So I think the bank's got a shot. You know, Muscle Diamond's in here as well. Big money driver John Campbell always finds his way to the winner's circle, it seems, in a lot of these big effort, uh, big races. It was a great effort from post 10 in the Kentucky Fraternity, and uh, this horse has got a lot better post, so he should be in the mix as well. And uh, how about, I think Garnett mentioned this horse, and I kind of agree with him. Looks like Chip, looks like a Chippendale from the inside. Uh, you know, kind of been a local competitor, but knows this racetrack and has a real good leg kick from the inside. This horse could shake free late for a piece here. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. It looks like a Chippendale taking some money here now at nine to one. Now ten to one on the totalizator board on the Woodbine feed. Looks like a Chippendale is it received a shoe change. Uh in is receiving a shoe change here tonight. Uh, looked really good here at Woodbine, winning by a head, but was against a lot easier company and not against Pinkman. But if you're looking for a potential price, what I was gonna say was a potential price. There's no price on uh looks like a chip and down at this rate. No, certainly not. Ten to one, boy. This horse is uh, certainly getting a lot of play, and uh, that's uh, going to leave some uh, other value here. How about sixty to one on Uncle Last Sam? And I know this horse is starting for post nine, but for crying out loud, he's a lot better than sixty to one. French Laundry getting eighteen to one right now on the board. I mean, this horse, you know, went track record time in the old oak and bucket. You know, he had a good effort in the Kentucky Fraternity. He was third against Pinkman. And we talked about kind of an angle I like, and we talked about it with Boston Red Rocks, how underrated this angle with second driver 
in a row, especially if you're not familiar with the horse, can be. Tim Tietrick, last race of Boston Red Rocks. It was his second time driving him in a row. Knew the horse a little bit better. Boom, pops at a nice price. And here we are again with French Laundry. Brett Miller in the bike for the second straight time. Made a little bit of a move at Pinkman last time. So Brett Miller now has a race over an oval with this horse. And maybe that could make the difference at uh, right now 19 to 1. That That's absurd. French Laundry should not be 19 to 1 under any shape or circumstance. And we all knew Pinkman was going to be a big 1 to 5 favorite. But I think, like you say, the horse that is taking money that probably shouldn't be taking as much money as he is is uh, looks like a Chippendale. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And uh, I got a real quick mention. Uh, Heather Vital just tweeted out, Mike, ready for this? That she's so into the Breeders' Crown that her dreams are going to be narrated by Ken Middleton. I could agree with her on that, I think. <laughs> what, what, wait a minute. What was that again? She said her dream. She's so into the Breeders' Crown at Woodbine that her dreams are going to be narrated by Ken Middleton. Uh-huh. I totally, okay. totally, totally love that. I'm not going to lie. Mike, let's do this. We got about three minutes, uh, probably a little bit longer. I would assume that we'll probably have a three or four minute drag for this race. Mike, why don't we take a time out? And uh, when we come back, we'll have uh, the eighth race featuring Pinkman, the three-year-old Colton Gelding Trot. And coming up after the eighth, immediately following, we'll have the interview with Allison Conti. And then uh, after that, uh, maybe we'll go through our pick four tickets and, and sit down and analyze this thing the rest of the way. All right. Sounds like a plan. Uh, we'll be back on Post Up with Mike and Mike, presented by Maryland, Friends of Maryland, Standard Britt. It takes them every ounce of energy to get out of bed. They struggle to the mirror and comb their hair, what's left of it. But when the race is on, it's on. The Dallas in between horses, Jettison gets to the lead, and Jettison will take the Niatron. Down to the finish, McWicked by as much as he pleases. The Dalos with 100 yards to go. The Dalos and driver Drew Monty win the Niatros final. Draws away as they come down to the finish. Pinkman, a go-away winner. That's Harness Racing's newest podcast, Post Time, with Mike Bozich and Mike Carter, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. I'm Mike Carter, alongside of Mike and 1-5 to five on Pinkman, 5-1 to one currently on Muscle Diamond. No real surprise there. Mike, let's uh, real quick, let's take a look at the ninth race. It starts to pick four, and let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, just quickly, quickly, quickly take a uh, – uh, actually, you know what? We're not going to do that. You, you, call an audible, you, call, you, you, were, you were going to call an audible, and then you called an audible on your audible. So, But anyway, we've got one minute. On my audible. Sorry about that. You called an audible on your audible. Well, that's perfect. That's what you have to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's take a look back at this eighth race. Let's backpedal a little bit now. I see Dustin Jones was uh, interviewed a little bit. Now, he's the trainer on number eight, Don't Rush. This is a bit of an unknown commodity, Mike. He's peaking. He's... Uh, you know, won the Ontario Cyrus Stinks, was 85 cents on the dollar last time. 
uh, against uh, one of my favorite named horses, the good old Rubber Duck. But the last time this horse saw Pinkman was three starts back, and uh, from the inside got shuffled, and there was 96 to one uh, in that particular race. Now the question is, with Don't Rush, is has his form peaked so much that he can now compete against this particular horse? Right now he's 50 to one, and you know Dustin Jones has pulled the, the trainer has pulled off some upsets before, so uh, this uh, horse might be worth looking into if you're looking for uh, a couple of long shots under Pinkman, but. Yeah, I mean, oh, and here we go, 4,900 to show. That's it? 4,900? That's it, 4,900. So, well, that's not uh, that can, much. I've got 3771. I guess my ADW is a little slow than that. Wow, wow. And I was behind you earlier. Now, uh, let me ask you a question. Can uh, okay. can, uh, can you bet dollar shows? You can't bet dollar shows at Woodbine, can you? Um, I think you might be able to. I think you can bet dollar to shows because uh, it's three thousand seven seventy one on my computer right now. So that I mean, you can't divide that evenly by two, no matter how good you are at math. Uh, my wife would smack me right now because she is one of the better ones at math. But uh, well, if you I know, I'm that. I'm so bad at math, I would probably find a way. Now here here we go. The bank is twenty one to one. I think that's good. That's a good price out here. French Laundry seventeen to one. I still think that's an outstanding price on French Laundry. Muscle Diamond's the clear second favorite here. And uh, that kind of surprises me because I think the bank and French Laundry are, are kind of on even terms with uh, with Muscle Diamond. I think that maybe the uh, wagering public's getting a little bit too enamored, even though it was a good effort, don't get me wrong, but a little bit too enamored with that post-improvement from the Kentucky Futurity. I mean, Bluegrass winner, you know, beat Uncle Lissay, who's in this race. And, and uh, But uh, as you can see, the last couple of starts before that in the Canadian Trotting Derby was well beaten by Pinkman in those uh, two starts. So I, I really don't know if he's a clear-cut second choice, like the wagering public is saying here, Mike. One horse I want to um, one horse I want to point out real quick as we are just moments away from post time is the 10, Southwind Mozart. Southwind Mozart is uh, currently at 99 He's 99 to one, Mike. Mike. He's 99 to 1. But Please don't take, don't take too long. Don't take too long on this. <laughs> But he's he's ninety nine to one. He's got Hocus Fonts to the board, but he's following a speed horse in Pinkman. So who knows? Maybe at a price, maybe at a price, we can get a horse underneath. Or excuse me, he's not following Pinkman. I said that wrong. But he's got speed, so I gotta assume that Hocus Fonts is leaving from the outside. Okay. At ninety nine to one. Go go for it. Put the show on pause and and and. Uh... Go ahead and put 10 across the board out of Yeah. So uh, we're good. coming up on the eighth race now. It's the three-year-old Colton Gelding Trotters. Let's send it to Ken Middleton with a live call from Woodbine. The Breeders' Crown final three-year-old Sean Colton Gelding. Pick up speed. They're off. And to make early breaks, Uncle Lassie behind the gate, just as the gate sped away from the second tier. Infinity AFC got bad and made a break from the second tier starting spot as their last and second last, and the others motoring to the first turn. Pinkman leads the way at the rail and pushes out from the pole position. Up alongside of the bank now, he's denied, and still have to drop back up and challenging the leader. Though on the outside comes Muscle Diamond as they exchange punches for a 27-2 opening quarter. Pinkman's got the racetrack. Muscle Diamond's on the outside for the second. Looks like a Chippendale is right there with him for the third. The bank on the outside parked to drive it 
kind of muscle diamond. We touch her bump side for the bank from in third. The rail from in fourth belongs to look like a chip nail. The moving up on the cover. There's French laundry, well placed from in fifth. Sixth on the move is Crescent Fashion. Buried at the rail in seventh is Fashion Predator, another great for Infinity AS. She takes himself out of contention as they come to three quarters. Picks them with the lead. Shane Ross needs to peek in the rear view mirror. He's got the bank parked in chasing second. Tucket sitting from in third is Muscle Diamond on cover. French laundry, four and three quarters at 126 and four. It's go time as they swing into the stretch. And Shane Ross pumps the plus and slaps the wheel just with Pinkman. Pinkman is still there by a Pressure on the outside from the bank in second. Muscle Diamond is third. French laundry, fourth. Pinkman leads with a 16th to go. Second on the outside is the bank. In at the real Muscle Diamond. Here comes the bank with a late surge. And the bank on the outside gets up for David Miller and the bank upsets Pinkman to win the three year old pull truck mile. And they're holding 154 and three. Mike Bozich called it. We both have given a price tonight. Yeah, we, you know, you just have to figure that the bank was sitting on one of these kind of efforts. And that Kentucky fraternity, in my opinion, just kind of throw that thing out. You know, Dave Miller picks up his third driving win of the night. When the money's down, you know, he's starting to get to John Campbell status. You know, when the money's down, Dave Miller is uh, really becoming a big money, big clutch driver. The bank grinding every step of the way, outgunning Pinkman in the final strides in an upset in race number eight, the three-year-old Colt and Gelding Trot. Tactor, tactor. Yeah, that's, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, that was a huge, huge effort from the bank at 14 to 1. It's another tactor trainee as the Breeders' Crown just tweeted out uh, that takes the eighth. And, of course, the bank scores after a tough first over grind. It was a big, big effort by the bank. Well, coming up now is the uh, Mike Bozich sat down with Allison Conti. And, uh, Mike, uh, we're going to take a listen to it. Sounds good, Mike. Why don't you go ahead and roll that uh, audio? Mike Bozich here, and we're visiting with Allison Conti, the social media and publicity manager for the United States Trotting Association, and she is up in Canada for the Breeders' Crown. Allison, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here tonight. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, up here at Woodbine, we're just uh, getting ready for the Crown tonight, and everybody's excited. It's a fantastic card of racing, and the weather's not ideal, but you know maybe that'll mix things up a little bit. This interview is taking place in the early afternoon, well before the action at Woodbine. Allison, talk about the mood. Emotions running high? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, as far as uh, trainers, drivers, it, it seems like everybody's a little bit uh, keyed up. There's a lot of horses tonight who have a lot on the line as far as divisional honors, and it's been some of the divisions have been mixed up quite a bit, and um, major races have been won by different horses. So it's. I think everybody really is feeling that it all comes down to the Breeders' Crown this year. Allison, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the social media initiatives that are going on right now through the USTA? Well, of course, uh, the USTA sponsors the Harness Racing Stand Zone. And um, it, it started because, you know, when I go to the USTA site as a person involved in the industry, I find exactly what I'm looking for. But if I'm somebody who doesn't know the ins and outs, and, and there's a lot of ins and outs in this industry, uh, it can be a little overwhelming, and it's not exactly fan-friendly. So then, you know, we have the Harness Racing Fan Zone, which is to basically promote the stories that are our lifestyle stories, feel-good stories, more of like a magazine-type feel. And um, we've had such a wonderful reaction from industry participants, uh, the SRF and new vocations, 
uh, always sending us in things to promote the horses after racing. And we've also had a lot of really great um, programs and projects working together with the racetracks to give away nights at the races and to, you know, make it more of it's, it's, social media really to me is it's all it's about the new way that we experience things. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we've gotten rid of the old experiences, but people want to be so much more hands-on. And from an industry perspective, we were so fragmented and, you know, you've got your breeders and owners and racetracks and USPA and drivers and trainers. And it's, to me, it's a way for everybody to kind of um, see the different perspectives a little bit more. And uh, it's just, it's a fantastic communication tool. And I think, you know, obviously it's something that we need to be doing and we've seen really great results. Yeah, everybody that I've talked to really enjoys the uh, harness racing fan zone, especially some of the newer people that that I've turned on to it. It's it's really a, a good experience, and and you know people I think realize more so that there's so much more uh, about this game and this whole horse racing experience than the actual two minutes that they race. And I think that's a great part about the harness racing fan zone. Now. Allison, you guys have uh, also a program uh, that can be viewed on the USDA. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yes, that's the morning line, um, and it's uh, still a work in progress. I cringe every time I watch myself on the computer, but, it, you know, we last year, we go around so much. I spend so much of my summer traveling. We call Mark Hall and Rich Johnson, our photographer and videographer, we call ourselves the Traveling Roadshow. We spend so much time on the road, you know, covering these events, and, um, we wanted to really bring some of the inside experiences to people that, you know, not everybody, I'm so lucky in my job that I get to follow the Grand Circuit and go to all the major races, but not everybody gets to do that. So we wanted to really, you know, kind of open those doors a little bit and, and share the experience of what happens and, you know, who these people are behind these horses. You know, you know the horses' names, but you don't necessarily get to know the trainers and drivers as much as you should. So just um, trying to open that up and bring people, you know, the things that we hear around the track that wouldn't get out otherwise. Well, it all comes down to the Breeders' Crown. Now, Allison, we're going to touch on a couple of races towards the end of this Breeders' Crown card. Race number nine, how about Freaky Feet? Pink coming off that big win against Wiggle It Jiggle It at Hoosier Park and then uh, kind of silencing some of the critics uh, when he made it look easy in the elimination. Full steam ahead to this Breeders' Crown. What are your thoughts on Freaky Feet, Pete? Oh, he's obviously super, super talented. And, uh, you know, he's got an incredible sprint on him. I, um, I kind of have been looking at Lost for Words, to be honest with you, on the program. Uh, it's such a deep field. There's, you know, four or five horses in there that are, have a great shot at winning it, and any of the one of the other ones could jump up if things get a little silly. Um, Freaky Feet Pete has huge talent, and he's got a wicked sprint. It's going to be such an interesting race, though, because you've got, you know, the three, four, and five are all going to be gunning for it. And then I feel like Lost for Words is kind of on the fringes with the seven hole. I think he could have a decent shot to pick it up. I mean, it's just such an incredibly talented group of horses, and there's so little that differentiates them. Um, and Freaky CP, absolutely, in his elimination, he was incredible. But, you know, it was a great race. The other elim between Wakazashi and Artspeak as well. I got to tell you, Allison, I've watched the Little Brown Drug final. That's that matchup with Lost for Words and Wiggle It Jiggle It. I've watched that about 75 times already. That's something that never it never gets old. I have, too. I mean, that race, I was, um, in, I think Rich wanted to kill me for a second as we were videoing because I got so caught up in the race, I couldn't remember what I was supposed to say. Um, it was just, it was incredible. It was the best race I've ever seen. And that horse put in such a monstrous effort that day. 
to be second to wiggle it, jiggle it, and, and so close. And, I mean, he he's kind of – that was a, such an impressive race, but his other races have been a little bit quieter. I mean, the, the elimination last week, he just kind of, you know, got into the final. But I think that horse is poised. He could He's definitely a threat in there. No question about it. Now we turn over to uh, race number 12, which is the uh, Breeders' Crown Open Pace. And I was telling Mike Carter, my co-host here on Post Time, that even if you go back to some of the Yannick Shingra interviews three, four, five years ago, they were talking about foiled again being done then. And this horse just continues. Just when you think that it might be time for foiled again to, you know, to, to retire, he just keeps going and going, and he quiets his critics. This is truly an ageless warrior. Um, well, let me just tell you that if, if anybody wants to get my blood boiling, they start talking badly about Foiled. Um, I was so privileged to take care of him for a couple of years while I worked for the Burks. And the thing that I'll tell anybody who says, oh, they need to retire him is that horse is smart and he's opinionated. And if he didn't want to do this anymore, he wouldn't be doing it. Um, I always be Mickey looks unbeatable. He looks absolutely flawless coming back, but I certainly will never count Foiled out, um, I know it's happened so many times before. I mean, they used to say he couldn't win at the Meadowlands, and then he went out and won, you know, the Graduate and the TVG. And, I, you know, I I never count foiled out. Always be Mickey looks. And he's a great comeback story, too. I mean, it's, they both have a comeback going on for them in uh, different sorts. But it, that's going to be a great horse race. Allison, tell racing fans how they can follow you on social media. Uh, you can follow me at Allison underscore USTA. And for all things... Uh, you know, basically whatever's going on in harness racing uh, at U.S. Trotting. It's a great follow also. Post time with Mike and Mike returns. Now. Well, Mike, that was a great interview with uh, Allison Conti. Uh, she gave a lot of good insight. I had no idea she had worked for the Burks. Yeah, she sure did. She took care of, of uh, Foiled again, who is uh, coming up in race number 12. And so much for it being a chalky card, Mike. There's been some upsets here. The bank just pulled one off. Do you have prices? Uh, I do have the prices pulled up. The bank pulled off the upset. 30.50 to win, 70 to replace, 3.90 to show. The dollar exact to return, only $43. Dollar try, $160.80. The dollar super, $460.80. And 20 cents. Well, Michael, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to highlight the pick four. It's races nine through 12. Race nine is just nine minutes away. And it's post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand in hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads has also spearheaded efforts for racing under saddle events at both Rosecroft and Ocean Downs. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Under the winner's circle, winner on the ninth race, the seven freaky feet Pete. I'm going back to Indiana, back to where I started from. Going back to Indiana, 
doing them pretty good. Then we knew we had something special. Freaky Feet Pete's American Virgin, and uh, my buddy Ninkster, and I'm a full-time job battling for the third spot. It's Freaky Feet Pete in 150-2. and two. I think Pete has to prove himself in the elimination because a lot of people will not believe. On the outside, and he's got River and Hanover into the final eighth of the mile. Freaky Feet Pete draws clear and opens up by two lengths. Up off cover, artistic major, Reverend Hanover back into third. It is Freaky Feet Pete. Freaky Feet Pete to win the crown elimination by a length and a half. I've never seen a horse go the type of trips that he goes and goes the miles that he goes so effortlessly. Raiders Crown Championships, three-year-old Colton Gelding Pace from Woodbine. It's run up on the inside. My hero run is a bullet, but it's whack as as she hand over. Main event. We're about three or four minutes away from a start. A field of ten. It's the uh, five hundred and thirty-one thousand dollar plus three-year-old Colton Gelding Pace. It's also the start of the one hundred thousand dollar guaranteed pick for pull. Mike Carter, I am pumped. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Mike. Uh, I cannot. This is the race I've been waiting for all night long. This is definitely a. Uh, it's going to be a great race, and uh, I definitely can't wait for it. And I tell you, I'm surprised Freaky Feed Pete is not the favorite by just a little bit. That doesn't surprise me at all. This is a deep field. It's a great field, and uh, there's still a lot of non-believers for Freaky Feed Pete, as uh, we have found out. But you know what? The whole state of Indiana is watching with bated breath right now as their superstar, their super horse, the pride and joy of the Hoosier State looks to create some history, and it all happened in just a couple of minutes. Mike, we got the pick four coming up. You want to get started? Yeah, let's uh, take a look. We're here in the ninth race, which is where we kick off the pick four, and I went with the four Freaky Pete at first. For obvious reasons, Freaky Pete definitely looks like the play in this race. I also like the three Wakazashi Hanover. Wakazashi Hanover was second, just missing to Archbeak last time out in the Breeders' Crown uh, elimination. Really looked good at the Meadows and in the Jonas Beach Boy at Hoosier Park. And, of course, you can't throw out Archbeak. So I went 3-4-5 here in the opening leg. Yeah, I went a bunch of them. You know, Wakazashi Hanover has been consistently good. Freaky Feet Pete for obvious reasons because the horse is a superstar and he's from my home state. Archbeak really looked fantastic last time. I mean, Wakazashi Hanover, you know, in that elimination, really had things his own way. And Archbeak was able to close despite Wakazashi Hanover setting those slow fractions and was able to get the job done in 51-3, and three, which leads you to believe that if there are some fractions tonight and if Artspeak looks to come from behind, he could certainly be the horse. Allison Conti likes lost for Warren said, why not? He was a part of a great race between uh, him and Wiggle at Jiggle down at the Jug Final. Like Roger Houston said, there was not a loser in that race. And since then, another good second-place finish from post-10 at the Tattersalls, and then a little bit of a meh effort in the... Uh, in the elimination. So Ross for Words could give Dave Miller his fourth Breeders' Crown trophy here tonight. 
And how about a 50 or 40 to 1 bomb? One Delta winner. This horse done it before in the Kane Pace. You've got the, one of the best drivers in the game, Yannick Jingra. You've got the rail. And for 20 cents, I'm going to include him. So I went one, three, four, five, seven. Leg two, Michael. Second leg of the uh, pick four is the Open Mare Breeders' Crown Pace. We went over this race a little bit earlier. I like the nine, Venus Delight. I also threw Sam Between Your Toes and Katie said into my pick four ticket. I think Sam Between Your Toes is a horse that cannot be counted out and could potentially be the price of this pick four. So I went three deep here with the two, the five, and the nine. Mike, what you got here? Well, I'm poor, so I can't throw in the likes of Lady Shadow and Venus Delight and Garnett's long shot special of the Millennium skipping by. So I've got to go with two, five, six, Sand Between Your hose, uh, Toes, one of my favorite horses. From the inside, a win last time against Katie Said. Looking to close here. Five Katie Said's got a real good post as the big money driver, John Campbell. Six, you're going to kiss me or not, a high percentage winner, Danielle Dubay. And I think Hayden said that Danielle Dubay had a $100 winner in this race about five or six years back. So you get, you, don't get me wrong. You're going to kiss me or not. It's not going to pay $100-some dollars. But uh, I'm going two, five, six here. Going to take a chance and leave some great horses like Colors of Virgin, skipping by Lady Shadow and Venus Delight out. Two, five, six for me. Race 11 is the next leg, and I went with the two Resolve on top. Resolve has definitely been a very sharp horse as of late and is always close to the pace. Resolve is going to be a little bit of a short price. I also love Be a Magician. Uh, be a Magician is the queen bee of racing, and uh, I also like Creatine. So I went 2-4-6 here in race 11. She is the queen and her wrath will be great. I'm crossing out the international trot where she raced her heart out but had a terrible trip. I'm looking back to the uh, Centaur and the Maple Leaf and all the other great races she won. And even if you look back in the middle leg at uh, Ver- at uh, Vernon and the Big M, she finished second to D1. And I guess there's no disappointment in that because D1 was certainly sharp tonight. Six creatine, great horse off that international trot effort. So I'm going with 4-6 here. I'm going to take a chance and leave two resolve off. Now, Mike, uh, real quick, uh, we're going to take a look at race number 12. But before we do that, we have a little bit of a short intro. Foiled again. Past the finish line in 148 flat. A new world record. Maybe four or five times we've written him off throughout his career. Just an unbelievable race. The Showing his class foiled again. Oh, ho, ho. Tough, 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 tough. Foiled again. Take a good look at foiled again. You'll never see another one like him. He ain't got nothing left to prove. Booking up with Harness Racing's heaviest hitter. Foiled again is coming to him on the outside. And it's Shingra and foiled again. Brushing up to grab the lead now. Trying to last a first sweep as JK and Veneer on the far outside. But foiled again has got the jump on him and foiled again. Mike, race 12 is the Breeders' Crown Open Pace. And I'll tell you what, it is one of the strongest fields that I've seen in a very long time. You've got the likes of State Treasurer, J.K. and Venera. Always Mickey is back. And, of course, you can't leave out Oiled Again. 
Well, I think you forced me. When I uh, originally gave you my pick four ticket, I had always be Mickey out, and I think you forced me. You, you kind of caught me into putting the, putting him in, but that's okay. Um, I mean, you know, he's probably for the for the good for the greater good, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Always be Mickey. Yeah. Definitely looks strong here, and uh, it's probably going to be one of the top choices. But I've got some others in there. Foiled again, you know, a $7 million horse, why not? They think he's done. They keep thinking he's done. They've been thinking he's been done for the last three or four years, and he keeps proving us wrong. So maybe he'll prove us wrong tonight at a price. How about Better's Edge? You know, this is a horse that's always around. And trainer Ron Burke is red hot right now. Second place finished to always be Mickey last time. If things get a little bit heated up top or things get a little out of control, I could see Better's Edge maybe getting his nose out in front. And J.K. and Manera. Another Jimmy Tactor charge. I want to see the Brett Miller pose one more time before this thing ends. <laughs> this horse has the outside, but look at those closes. Sub 27 almost every dawn week. Eight JK and an era can take it away. I'm going three, four, five, eight in the conclusion of the pick four. So you got ticket costs? Yeah, uh, real quick. I left. I wanted to cover mine, if that's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Well, I just assumed that you'd, we, we'll always be Mickey, and then we were going to move on, but go ahead. Uh, no, actually, I, I like Foiled again in this race. I think he could present some very good value. I also like State Treasurer and J.K.N. of an era. I think State Treasurer could pr- very well produce a little bit of value as well. He's had a very, very tough season, including a 147 effort at the Meadowlands this year, $981,000 in the bank. So uh, I went 345 with the 259, with the 246, with the 3478. It's $21.60 for a 20 cent investment. Okay, so I went one three four five seven two five six four six three four five eight, and you told me. Well, actually, let me go slower a little because I know there's people out there writing this down. Okay, one three four five seven with two five six with four six with three four five eight was forced to put the three in by my Carter. I tried to save six bucks. Yeah. My Carter said, "No, I'm not going to let you keep always be Mickey out." So I guess the cost on that was twenty four dollars. So. There you go. Economical tickets, Mike. Economical tickets. Yeah, totally. And they're you know they're quick plays. And uh, Mike, I can't believe what I'm about to say this. We are 13 minutes from the end of our show. I'll tell you what, this two hours has gone by very quickly. And I want to take a quick second before they go to the gate and thank all of you guys, the listeners, the fans of Harness Racing, for taking time out of your night to listen to us cover this race with uh, with our new show. Yeah, and also we want to thank. Uh... The guys at the fantasytrot.com, or I should say the guy, Ryan Macedonio, who, by the way, is up in Canada tonight, and he's going to be getting giving some tremendous interviews. And uh, I like to call it the lighter side because that's what Ryan Mack tries to do. He tries to get the lighter side out of these guys. And uh, it's they're really good interviews. You can check them out on SoundCloud. And uh, he's going to have some fantastic interviews in the Breeders' Crown. He'll probably have those up in a couple of days, so make sure you check them out. All right, well, here it is. It's Freaky Seat Pete's turn to see if he can win his Breeders' Crown Final. Let's send it to Ken Middleton with the live call of Race 9 from Woodbine. Supplemental star of Indiana, Freaky Seat Pete, comes in. Not far behind it. Another elimination winner, Wakazashi Hanover from post three. Colton Gildy swing off the turn at Woodline, set for a heavyweight tilt. It's the Breeders' Crown Final. Off and pacing they go, and Reverend Hanover strikes first. It's Chris Gustav Brew, honks on his accelerator and hustles into the front. It's 
outside away second is lost for words. Picking up at the third on the outside is in the arsenal. Horrible start for Delta Winner as he has plummeted the last after rotated steps early. To the front is Warren Vladimir sitting in the pocket spot from his second. There tracks along off forwards, pressed over third from his outside. Started spotted in the arsenal. The opening quarter in 26 flat. Back to the fourth at the inside is Penji Hanover. Wakazashi Hanover sitting along from his fifth. Sixth in the backfield is Freaky Feet Pete. Parked out all the way. As they move into the back stretches, Art Speech shooting through at the rail is down to winner. Then it's Art Duke to man. And the last one is to continue up towards the half. as artistic major. So on the way to the midway point, not a lot of action from the backfield here. As David Miller shots it out as he was light in 55 seconds flat. Onto the far turn they go next. Lots for words leads the way. Reverend Hanover's in the pocket position from the second. Sears has right lined in the arsenal as he goes on the attack. Here, first over third. Moving up in the fourth on the outside is Wakazashi Hanover. Well placed now. Fifth inside as they pace the turn is Kenji Hanover. Freaky feet Pete on the outside from his sixth. He's cranked. He's ready to roll. But he's following depth and cover of Wakazashi Hanover. They're going to have to start to do some pacing or Miller's going to steal one. Lots for words is opened up by a pair and he's had three quarters in one twelve. Two and one, and they spin into the stretch. And last for words, opens up by three lengths now. Freaky feet, Pete on the far outside is powering up now late. Still there, lost for words. Freaky feet, Pete is holding a ton on the outside. Lost for words, needs the line. Freaky feet, Pete on the far outside. They're therefore late for the cricket. It's Freaky feet, Pete to win the Rangers crowd in the final strides. Maybe Art speak on the outside over lost for words at 150. Hey, Mike. I'm a believer. That's all that. I have to say. I I'm a believer. I'm do we? Oh, believer. we don't have. We don't have that for. We do not have that for bumper music, do we? I should have been a little bit more forward thinking and included that in our bump music production segment. But uh, how about that? It looked like loss for words. Was it going to scamper away, run away, and hide? But uh, the state of Indiana is doing a dance right now. A big time win for Freaky Feet Pete, who officially is for real. Unbelievable. I think I can hear the fans from Indiana right here. Yep, that's them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mike, congratulations to the guy. You know what? Listen, Mike, you've got here. Here's what you've got. Okay, you've got Mary Jo Reinheimer, Marty Reinheimer, the owners, Larry Reinheimer, the trainer. One from Lagrange, the other from Howe, Indiana. We've been there a few times, and uh, Trace Tietrich, uh in the bike. Freaky feet, Pete. Unreal performance. Uh, just gobbled up ground at the end, and uh, you know Art Speak was closing right behind him. Uh, lost for words once again. Right there, every step of the way. It looked like he was going to take it away and give Dave Miller his fourth win of the British Crown. But, man, I cannot be happier for uh, Larry Reinheimer and Freaky Feet Pete. What a fantastic way to, I guess, kind of end our show. We've only got, like, nine minutes left or so. Yeah, Mike, I'll tell you what. It was definitely, uh, as I'm I'm watching Twitter here, and all you see is Freaky, Freaky Feet Pete, the Freak. Everybody is cheering for this horse in some part of the country, and uh, what an amazing, amazing effort. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure of the story. I probably shouldn't even tell it, but I'm going to attempt to anyway. I mean, I was reading a lot of articles, doing a lot of prep work for the Breeders' Crown, and the story about this horse is pretty darn good. You know, this horse uh, had – the reason this horse was named Freaky Feet Pete is because when he was a young horse, his feet were kind of – bowed in a little bit 
And, uh, wow. you know, yeah. And uh, so they had the doctor look at him, and uh, I guess they had to do a little bit of work. But uh, nonetheless, Freaky Feet Pete, that's how he got his name. And uh, one thing's for sure, he's got Freaky Pete. But listen, let's take let's not take anything away from Art Speaker come closing. Lost for words. Uh, looked like he was going to be the winner. Wakazashi Hanover right there again. Uh, close but no cigar. But Freaky Feet Pete is a champion. And uh, I think the critics... We're laid the rest here tonight, Mike. No, I totally, totally agree with you. Real quick, Mike, before we go off the air, we've got about seven minutes to go. Uh, let's go over the price of our uh, high five tickets. Okay. Well, like I say, and you're going to have to work with me on this because you are the math expert. I am not. So I want to make sure that we give the people a, a fair and accurate price. Okay, I don't want to give them a price, and they come back and say, well, man, this cost me 30 bucks more than, than what it was, and it didn't even win anyway, so what's the point? But anyway, here it goes. Here goes the good old college here, prime, hold, Mike. Hold, you ready? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Let me get the calculator up here. Yeah, you get your, get your calculator. Is it one of those scientific calculators? It's not one of those ones on the computer, is it? No, it's a computer one because it does the best cost for me. Go ahead. What you got? <laughs> okay. Here we go. Well, like we said, we're going to go with the two long shots on top. The uh, Peninsula Hotel, starting from Post 4 in Karachi, Hanover. Hey, Mike, hold, starting Mike. From... Hold, hold. go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. Give me one second. Okay. Sir, your, cal- your, your calculator must have went down. But anyway, um, we're going to talk about for the Peninsula Hotel in a Karachi, Hanover. But the prices are up. Freaky Feet Pete paid 470 That 20-cent pick three, by the way, paid $170.50. Art Spink, 320 to play. three ninety to show. And uh, Freaky Feet Pete is entering the race circle right now. And I'm going to kind of uh, enjoy We've got about six minutes left on the broadcast. So I'm uh, kind of going to enjoy this uh, winner's circle celebration. It looked like, and I'm probably behind on this, by the way, but it looks like it's raining once again at Woodbine. And all the umbrellas it are is. out. And, uh, yeah, and uh, there's, uh, there, there's Trace, and he's getting all the hugs and the blankets over Freaky Feet Pete. And, and uh, boy, this is this this is a good scene to watch because you know Larry Reinheimer and Mary Jo Reinheimer. I mean, this is uh, this is uh, really a a good scene because you know these guys aren't here every day. And it's definitely, uh, it's I, I totally agree with you there. Terrific victory for Freaky Feet Pete, who's getting the blanket presentation and, and uh, having a word with uh, Trace Tejuk is trying to calm him down. It doesn't like the blanket or the rain. <laughs> But anyway, uh, okay, here we go. You ready, Mike? You got Give your good calculator up? Give me some numbers. Yeah, come on. Give okay, me some numbers. All right. For the Peninsula Hotel and A. Karachi Hanover, both price plays uh, going up on top. Uh, and for second, we are going to uh, put your buddy in there, the two top corner terrorists. So we're going two, four, eight, nine for second. We're also putting your buddy Webcam in there for second. So we're going four, eight with two, four, eight, nine with two, four, Eight nine for third, and then we're going to go one two three four eight nine, and then for that coveted fifth position, we are going to go one two three four five eight nine for a grand total of twenty one sixty for twenty cents. Okay, there you go. So you're so you're economical. Yeah. So my ticket is uh. I'm going with the 2-9 top corner terror and webcam on top with the 1-2-9-11 with the 1-2-4-9-11 with the 1-2-4-9-11 with all on the $50.40 for a 20-cent investment. 
how much? $50.40. Oh, okay. All right, $50. So you've got 21 bucks for me, got 50 bucks for Mike and uh, you know, hope hey, listen, when you're going for 500 and some thousand dollars in the pool and how how much uh, what did they expect on this pool, Mike, when it's all said and done? About 2 to 3 about 2 to 3 million when it's all said and done, potentially. You know, I can use that money. We if we could win this thing, Mike, we could invest it back into the business. Oh my gosh, could we ever? We could buy well, time Mike, on uh, NBC or CBS or CNN or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike, we're down to the final two, two and a half minutes. I'll tell you what, it, it has been a fantastic show. And I'll tell you what, folks, this is only the beginning. We are going to continue with our positivity track. Check out our Facebook page if you haven't done so already and our clear feed. But on Facebook earlier, we I posted a uh, video that specifically touches on our morals. And it was a CBS story done last night uh, about an 11-year-old girl with J.B. Got Faith. And these, this family have uh, had no faith in the horse, but only the little girl did. And I'll tell you what, it's a wonderful story, and it matches our values 100%. There's a story to tell, whether it be a stakes horse or a claimer. There you go, Mike, and that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, our goal is to positively promote harness racing here on this program, and that's exactly what we plan to do. And uh, listen, like you said, every hoop that hits that racetrack, you know, they have a story to tell. And, uh, you know, every trainer that uh, wakes up at 4.30 in the morning and every driver that's talking to uh, the interviewer right now at Woodbine, Mr. Trace Tiedrich, who's got a you, – you can't, you can't even pick him apart because all of his bottom of his face is muddy. And But, uh, you know, he's enjoyed every second of it. So every driver that drives all over the place to drive and every owner that contributes money and every breeder – and everybody that has anything to do with this business, everybody has a story to tell, and we plan on telling that story right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Well, Mike, I'll tell you what, we're down to the last uh, about minute and 15 seconds. It's been a lot of fun, folks. I'll tell you what, two two hours is not enough time, and uh, these last two hours have been a lot of fun to go over. There's a lot of Breeders' Crown action still coming up from Woodbine. Uh, we are currently 11 minutes away from the 10th race. As we get get ready to exit our show, uh, Mike, uh, been a lot of fun and we thank everybody for joining us we'll see you back on thursday and we come on at seven o'clock yep certainly appreciate you joining us and uh, got a lot going on coming up every thursday mike we're on every thursday at uh, 7 p.m so on behalf of uh, everybody that had anything to do with making this show work we'll see you thursday at 7 p.m good night everybody